Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The information depicted in this podcast is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine. Hey everyone and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. My name is Lucas and I'm the founder of Ergogenic Health. Together in this podcast series, we will go underground to explore cutting edge health and human performance insights that you simply cannot search on Google to help you upgrade your existence. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Boost Your Biology podcast. Today's special guest helps busy people beat burnout and build their body, mind, and life. Vanessa Bartlett, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Lucas. It's great to be here. Awesome. So, Vanessa, maybe do you want to let my listeners know a little bit about, I guess, your journey and how you got so fascinated into um, learning more about burnout? Hmm. Well, I've been a personal trainer for many years, um, around 20 years actually in gyms. And um, I got to a point in my late 20s where I was doing a lot, running a business, um, teaching lots of classes as you do, pump, spin, circuits and all that. And if I backtrack a sec, the journey started very, uh, very young at the age of eight getting up at 6.30 a.m. to record a show called Aerobics Oz Style, if anyone remembers that, I would literally set my alarm as an eight-year-old, get up and do the aerobic moves on my parents' phone books and step up and down off the phone books and then come home and do it after school. So (laughs) it was always in me to kind of do something along the lines of exercise teaching. I really love movement and just how it made me feel. So um, fast-forwarding then to those those mid-20 years, had a personal training business, And then I got to this point where I was teaching, clients were feeling great, but I started to feel really, really tired after teaching, couldn't get through the day. My mental health started to drop a little bit and I just felt really kind of numb and 
like I was kind of, you know, trying to get energy and feel this buzz from exercise that I know everyone else felt and that you normally feel from exercise, but it just wasn't happening. I was flat, low, um, started to get sick quite a lot, frequent colds, chest infections. And I'm thinking, gosh, you know, I'm supposed to be this fit, healthy personal trainer. Um, what's going on here? So um, went to many doctors over a couple of years, actually. And finally, a GP here in Sydney um, said to me, you're burned out. You have um, fatigue issues. Your adrenals have been overworked. And I'm thinking, what are the adrenals? I'd never learned about that in my personal training courses. Um, so it began this whole journey of me pretty much learning how the body works physiologically, the stress hormones that happen when you exercise and if your life is very busy and learning how to then pull back from that and basically restore my health because it wasn't good. I had to stop teaching classes, um, cut back on my clients for one-on-one -on -one personal training. And that was hard when you're a busy kind of upbeat person. Um, that was hard mentally. And my colleagues didn't understand because I still looked fit and healthy on the outside, but I was saying to them, I'm just so darn tired all the time. Like I can't get through the day. For me to teach a 60-minute pump class now is absolutely horrific on my body. Like it was really hard. So then I'd have to go home and sleep for three hours. And I'm thinking, that's not making sense. Exercise and health is supposed to uplift you, not drain you. So that's what happened for the next couple of years, restoring my health and learning every part that I could in these pillars, mm. the strength, the lifestyle, the exercise and the food. How could I make all of those things better to feel like myself again pretty much. Mm. Yeah, I find this sort of um, information and education is absolutely paramount right now, particularly for those that are similar to us who are like type A personality, want to keep working all the time, want to keep getting things done, love training. So let's sort of um, unpack like your journey, Vanessa. So when you when you sort of hit rock bottom, like tell us about like where did you start? Like what where did you where did you start? Yeah, look, it was um, a hard thing to come to terms with, really. So this doctor had said to me, you, "You've got you, you did this pupil dilation test, so he shone a light in my eye, and it took a really long time for my eye to react." And he said, "That's showing me that your insides are like the the wires are burned out, <laughs> like you burned out." So from that day, and I said, well, how do I get better? What do I do? Like, where do I even start? And he said, you need to stop what you're doing at the gym. That was really hard to take. <laughs> um, you need to change your lifestyle. You need to go to bed at nine o'clock every night and you need to stop, you need to eat better foods. So I'm like, okay, there's all these things. I thought I was healthy and doing all the right things being in the fitness industry, but clearly those methods were not right for this situation. So there are times when you need high-protein diets, for example, low carbs. In this case, not so much. So what I learned was, you know, pulling back from that and having more balanced food, just for example, healthy fats, a little bit of good carbohydrates, complex carbohydrates, a little bit of protein in each meal. That's a really good way to kind of go about um, just a tip there for if you are in burnout and needing good fuel, that's a nice way to group your foods together. So the next day, I, the next few days I contemplated this and I thought, all right, what would I do if there's no way out of this? I can't go back to teach the gym. So I rang up my gym coordinator and I was like, look, I'm going to have to pull back from, you know, 10 classes a week to five at the moment. And I was getting big numbers. So they were kind of angry at me. So that was mentally more low because I'm like, all right, well, no one even understands or gets this. 
they're just worried about the gym numbers. That's not really nice. Who have I got on my side here? So it was actually really lonely and no one understood in the fitness industry. So I just thought, well, I'll be my own client. What would I teach someone and do the very first thing if, if someone came to me needing help with their health? Pull back on things and let's start relearning. So I started to research. Like, yeah, sure, I had mild depression and anxiety kind of crept up from this because I was pulled out of this world that I'd been such a big part of from a very young age. So, and emotional health was then a big thing too, right? So I had to start saying no to a lot of social activities. And my partner at the time kind of didn't understand that either because in your mid-20s, you're meant to just go out and party and have this abundant energy as well. So the social life got affected, the career got affected, um, and mental health was, yeah, pretty low at that point. Mm. Yeah, it can be really challenging, like that that ability to learn how to say no and to actually sort of put yourself first and pull back and actually get into that rest and digest parasympathetic state. So let's mm. let's sort of look at you know you sort of you touched on diet. What what were some other lifestyle sort of strategies that you sort of implemented during that period? Yeah, um, at that time I was quite a on-the-go person and had done more of the harder fitness styles. So for me to do yoga and Pilates, for example, was kind of hard mm. because I didn't really have the patience for it. But but I thought, okay, if I can't move and do my regular circuits, pump classes, boxing, etc., what else is there in fitness that I can do because I need to exercise for my mental health and for my muscle strength and movement? Like I, you can't go from exercising to doing nothing. It feels awful. Yeah. So, um, especially, you know, from, from that position of being personal trainer. So I looked at that. I started looking at yoga, Pilates, and doing more restorative. I would classify them as mind-body disciplines of movement, um, looked at a bit of Tai Chi. So the good thing was I had an open mind, although slightly resistant at times, to at least look at other techniques of healing and slower movements because I thought logically, all right, if my heart rate's going up, in all these you know, particular styles of exercise, and that causes your body to go into a state of stress, what movement can I do that will still make my muscles feel like they're doing something without causing such a stressed load on my mind and body? And that was where I started to participate in yoga and Pilates at different studios where I wasn't the, the instructor, which was great. So I'd sit up the back and just kind of take it in as a student. And from then I went and embarked on learning all I could about Pilates because I found for me that was a really good discipline to give me the strength and mobility and core um, and the mindfulness aspect as well, but still being kind of like exercising enough to feel it. And, of course, I get a lot of respect for yoga as well and meditation, so I started to do a bit of those. Um, lifestyle changes, I would implement um, a couple of meditation sessions in my day, which I'd never done, or downtimes. So rather than going to sleep, in the day, which is also bad. If you kind of sleep past 45 minutes, you go into deep sleep, which also makes you feel groggy when you wake up. So don't do that. You've got to kind of find that 30 to 45 minutes where you can have downtime, which I would do. I'd put on chill, chill beats or something or binaural beats on YouTube or like just relaxation music, put my legs up a wall and allow the blood flow to come down, which is, is a yoga restorative pose. And then I'd feel a bit uplifted. So any kind of thing I could find that gave me some energy after doing the thing, after doing the activity, was what I would hone in on. 
Mm. So I was like, all right, I feel good putting my legs up the wall. I feel good doing a bit of yoga or a little bit of Pilates. I'm talking like 10 minutes um, at that worst of time of it. Come out of it, deep breathing. So started to do that kind of thing. Say no to the social gatherings and try to be more strict on my bedtime as well. Um, ideally before 10 p.m. because then your body kind of perks back up again. And if you go to bed after 10, especially in bad burnout stages, you'll perk back up to 3 a.m. and it's dangerous because then your cortisol spikes really bad again. So mm. learning all these different things. And this took time. This wasn't just, you know, happening in a week. I experimented, listened to my body, researched the heck out of it from whoever I could learn from at the time. Mm, awesome, awesome. Yeah, you sort of mentioned with the... Um with implementing meditation, I'd love to love to hear your perspective there in terms of because um, I know personally my my approach to meditation has been a little bit different. What I find personally is like if I meditate first thing in the morning, it actually takes the spring out of my step a little bit, you know, sort of takes away that go, go, go hustle mode. Um, mm. I'd love to hear your perspective. Like when did you sort of integrate the meditation and what did that look like? Yeah, I see exactly what you mean. And I think that can be a bit of a thing for, for busy people who want to get up and go, definitely. So the, the thing I found is doing it at the times that work for you. So in the midst of the worst of my fatigue, no, I probably wouldn't have done it when I woke up either because I needed some kind of energy even if I was, even if I was quite low. Um, so having it at those different times of day, like the downtime, say 11 a.m., 3 p.m., that was more of a restorative downtime where it worked well for me to go into a relaxed state knowing that when I would come out of that, it still would take maybe 10, 15 minutes to get back to a place where I could do stuff. So I think as well with meditation and definitely in the evenings, always in the evenings, because for me I associated it with winding down and having a better sleep and trying to de-stress myself before sleep. That's often where people may get tripped up with sleep problems. That's a whole big topic on itself. But a sleep hack is what is your bedtime routine? What state are you in before you try and rest? If you're stressed or overthinking, whatever you call it, meditation, quiet time, deep breathing, listening to quiet music or even journaling and getting stuff out of your head is very powerful to instill a deeper, better quality, longer sleep. Mm. Um, so meditation, I feel is a really personal thing and people need to find where it fits in with their day and their lifestyle. So if you're having that kind of tired thing after it and it doesn't quite sit with you in the morning, don't do it in the morning, Mm. do it when you need it, perhaps the afternoon for yourself or just the evening. So I'm really into kind of guiding clients as to learning what works for their bodies with this kind of thing too. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. I'm glad you yeah, really emphasizing that individualized approach and obviously tailoring it into their work work lifestyle sort of balance and when they're exercising and things like that. With um with the meditation, I mean, it's something I was curious about early on is like, how do you know if you've like meditated well? Like, is there do you have a certain like do you feel a certain way at the end of meditation? Like how do you assess that? Yeah, that's a good question. I've got, so doing this journey too, I did a lot of investigating and followed different gurus to try and get different takes on it. So the biggest takeaway I kind of got, which is good for anyone to apply, is you don't have to be perfect at it or have a clear head to get a benefit. So it's not about being obsessive about 
having nothing in your mind for a certain time. Some people may teach those kind of mind clearing techniques, which is fine. But if you kind of step back and observe your thoughts and that you'll know if you've done it well, I did this one particular course where I'd go to this lady's house for an hour and a half every Monday night. And that was the best I ever learned kind of being in the trenches, doing it with other people and learning from her. The feeling I felt after doing that, so say from 7 to 8.30 p.m. at night, we did this. We had we sat there just to like chimes, very quiet music for an hour and a half, trying not to move your body. The, the reason you would know if it was successful is afterwards you get a slight uplift, not immediate, like again, give yourself that 15 minutes. You come out of there and then you go, oh, actually it's 8.30 at night. I have a nice leveled energy. I could do some stuff that requires my brain or productivity for a good couple of hours more. Whereas if you think about if you didn't do that session and you didn't really get to that conscious place where you're not asleep, but you're still alert of your surroundings, but you're relaxed, that's a great way. That's the meditative place. It's falling. It's it's being in the, the place just before sleep. And that's where the energy benefits come after. So if you can do that for 10 minutes in the day, if you don't have an hour and a half at night and you don't want to wake back up at night, it was amazing because I was like, wow, it's nine o'clock at night. I've got like really nice energy happening here. I'm not tired and absolutely wiped out. And being in burnout, I was always wiped out by 9 p.m. Mm. So that indicated to me that I had hit that really cool state of, yeah, just before sleep where mm. you have renewed energy, I'd call it. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I've, I think I've, in the past, I have tapped into that that state where it's like you're just about to fall asleep, but then things are sort of, yeah, like um, you're in a an interesting headspace. And even there've been times in the past where I've integrated like nootropics in the mix. You know, things like alpha-anine to actually enhance the meditative state, which is um a whole different topic. But um, yeah, let's let's sort of um let's sort of look at some other sort of um. Stress, ma- stress management practices, what are some other things that you've sort of incorporated with yourself and even with your clients? Yeah, so I always follow the four pillars now, stress, the self pillars, self uh, stress, exercise, lifestyle, and food. So if you can cover those four in a balanced way, it kind of brings everything together in the big picture for your health and your general well-being and energy management. I think getting organized has come up a lot for people and it did for me as well in this notion of overcommitting. <laughs> when a stage of burnout or deep fatigue or adrenal issues, whatever's happening and you're just feeling really run down and you can't keep up with life, you've got to really look at your priorities in your life, your personal life, your family life, your social life, and look and group them together and go, all right, what's really important right now? What is absolutely vital? Because I had to take things off that list. There was no way. So there was no way I could get through an eight-hour day. Like I told you, I pulled out from the gym classes as it was, and I was spending three hours a day napping and meditating and researching about fatigue. <laughs> so for the rest of the day, I, I needed to, to kind of rest as well because I was doing a lot of mental work during the worst of my fatigue um, for short periods of the day. So I was like, well, what can I take off my plate? And that comes down to chores. You know, doing housework, cooking. My partner was really great at that time too. He stepped up and I said, look, you're going to have to cook. Like for me to stand here 
and cook chicken is so taxing right now. Like that sounds ridiculous, but that's how bad it was. You're going to have to help me with the dishes, with the washing. So looking at daily chores, what can you delegate and being okay with it, right? So overcommitting, pulling back from work assignments that are causing you high stress or you're burning out, pulling back from social occasions and limiting it. It really is about instilling very strong boundaries. That can be hard to do, and but getting organized. So if there's still too many things that you're doing or that really aren't important, you have to know what's valuable to you right now. What's going to change your life? If missing out on your friend's 25th birthday, like if you're so fatigued, you're having a really bad week, going to that birthday might really be bad for you at that weekend, you know, like saying no or changing um, things around to prioritize your health is so, so important. Mm. It's a really thing that comes up for everyone at some point going, all right, what do we need to do here to pull back on your life a little for the interim? Mm. I really like the practical approach there. And I think it's incredibly, incredibly important for my listeners to hear. And even for me to hear that again, because I'm still at the point where I'm struggling to say no to people, people wanting my time. And I'm just constantly giving it and giving it because that's how we are, right? We just want to help others and give, give, give. But like setting, you know, understanding those priorities and um, the organization aspect is critical. I'm glad you've, Brought yeah. that in. So, like, from an organization perspective, like, yeah. like, how do you go about planning your week? How does that look? Mm. Again, a habit I had to practice and get to over a few years. Like, it didn't happen overnight. But now, every Sunday, even with my two young boys, I have a four-year-old boy and a one-and-a-half-year-old boy. I need to kind of step away from them and my partner on a Sunday and take an hour and go right. What does my calendar look like this week? How am I feeling? What business activities can I push a little harder on this week if I've got great energy? But even for females, we have, you know, our hormonal cycle affects that as well. So allowing for that, that's a whole other topic, but just a little tip there. Don't expect to be at your best for one week out of every four weeks. (laughs) That's the reality of it. No matter what you do or what hacks you do, or no matter how much meditation or great supplements you have, you still got to listen to your body's natural flow. But taking that, um, approach on the weekend, a Saturday or Sunday to just look at everything you do. So I give my clients a a weekly planner and it's not just about when you're going to do your exercise, what are you eating? It's about what are you doing between 6 and 7 a.m.? Is it necessary? What is absolutely necessary? Do you have your shower? Do you feed your kids? Put it in because you need to see between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m., for example, a full day. What are you doing? Is it a full, full calendar? What can you pull back from? But you won't know that till you put every task in and go, whoa, like I've got, you know, the kids' preschool thing and I've got five work meetings on Monday, then I have to record this other thing, then I've got to do this Zoom. That's a big day. So where can you put that 10 minutes of downtime meditation? That would be critical to stop burnout by Friday, right, for example. So having that time, but really tuning in and doing it in a, when you're not stressed, <laughs> getting into a place of somewhat calm and non-distraction and being honest about your week, have, you have to do it organizationally on that Sunday, that Saturday or Sunday. And then you go into the Monday going, oh, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah, I blocked out this, like my calendar on my wall right here is I've, I've got three dot points for each day. And on Sunday, I was super stressed going, oh, my gosh, I've got all this stuff overloaded from last week. I still get into that state. And I went, no, nah, hang on. 
let's just take the half an hour, scrub it all off the whiteboard. What needs to be done in different areas? You know, that, that thing can wait till next Monday. Cool. It's off my plate. And it's a sense of control that people then have with their schedule. And it's amazing um, hack for energy management. This is this is brilliant. Um, a lot of things are coming up right now for me personally. When, when you sort of mentioned um, you sort of live according to your calendar and that's like it does give you a sense of control. I 100% agree with that. And that obviously reduces the burden, the stress, because the stress is in uncertainty and not under, not knowing how the week's going to pan out. But when you have it rostered, it, it does help. I remember back in um, my final year at uni, actually, because one one this fellow classmate that I was studying with, she's like, like she's like, do you have a life? I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I need my calendar to be structured. But she sort of made me sort of feel bad because I'm like you know, you should just be free-flowing. But that free-flowing state where you're just, like, doing anything whenever, like, that's what's stressful for me, you know? Right. It's so funny you mentioned that because in by nature I'm essentially a very free spirit. So for me to, for me to be talking like this 5, 10, 15 years ago, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you in such a practical way. Like, I'm telling you it wouldn't happen because I was like that person going, well, yeah, no, I'll just go with the flow. Yeah, I'll say yes to this person. Oh, yeah, I'll take on another client. Oh, yeah, I'll do this extra personal training course. Like taking on all this stuff and it's it's like change who you are but learn your own personal boundaries. And I went, oh, this is interesting. So I've gone from this free-spirited, very, you know, flowing person, which I still love that freedom, but I know you're right. It, it kind of just triggers this stress in me knowing, not knowing what's happening. So I still have an open calendar having said that, like it's not all structured from six to 10. So what I've done now is I've gone down the fully structured path and realized that's too regimented. But then I've pulled back, like I said, I've got three dot points on each day. And if I can, and so then, it, and it's not a time thing, like this was a booked time, of course, like for certain things, it's a booked time. But if I have two other things to get done today, I can go after this, um, you know, do my downtime, have something to eat and know, all right, cool. I've only done two other things. I only have two other things to do today, which are critical to my business. As long as I get them done before 4 p.m., that's cool. Unless it's an actual booked appointment, it doesn't matter. So having the, the freedom in it and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, there's nothing booked because I have my boys. They're not at daycare. Yep. So that that's free time, and that for me has worked in the sense of and knowing to balance it between then being a parent and then having a business as well. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, something that would be pretty funny is I, I'm pretty sure I've actually thought of this once with my own calendar. Is like you, you have everything structured, like your meetings and um, work related tasks, family, and then I actually structured in free flowing time in the. Right. <laughs> Like, I get it. I get that. Yeah. I would be saying yes, yeah. yes, 100%. So I, I have booked my free time. Yeah. <laughs> it's ironic. Like it's like contradiction. That's funny. But yeah, no, that works as well. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is definitely something that I think. Um, I think it's definitely lacking for the young adults. Like I mean, like let's say you know six, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty year olds. Yeah. Like yeah. these habits are really crucial for like not only their. Um, health but their you know business success so like how can we yeah what can we do there like how can we sort of help 
you know, young adults in that space? Yeah, I think as well a thing to consider with bringing that up is technology and limiting on that. Um, so, look, I'm 39, so I didn't actually grow up with social media. That was a thing that started 10 years ago kind of thing. So I'd already gone past high school through my 20s and, and did my personal training business in my early 20s using websites and stuff like there was no social media then when I had trainers working for me, interestingly. But now if, if people are coming through that and this is very much a part of your life, you also have to have boundaries with that but know how to use that so that it doesn't tax your energy or have negative effects on your mental health. So that's a huge thing to consider underlying for younger people. Um, and so then using and experimenting, I think it's great. Like before you have kids and before your life gets super busy with that layer of things or before you embark on extra study, work out what hacks work for you. Like what we've talked about, we're quite similar. I think we like the structure, but the free flow implemented in the structure. Um, you know, people should experiment if that works for them or if they are completely free flowing like your friend was and not wanting that regimen, that's cool. But just make sure you know your boundaries and when to say no and that it works for your energy. There's time that it starts, that you start to feel overwhelmed. So the red flags, you feel overwhelmed, overly stressed, like you can't cope. They would be red flags that you've taken on too much. Therefore, it's time to maybe change a little bit about what you're doing and get back to that weekend planning. But start as young as possible because if you instill these habits, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, you won't you won't ever, I, I feel it can be a good preventative for burnout, for mm. overdoing it, even with exercise. Like I talk, we talk about a lot about burnout here in general but and productivity, but overdoing it and listening to your body with exercise as well and tuning into your red flags within your health, whether it's exercise, work-life balance, it's all um, connected there. And you can instill those good habits, I feel, and work out what, what's best for you early on. Yeah, that's awesome. There's um something that came to my mind there with like the um, stress really being defined as a state of just not feeling like you can cope or feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at the things that would amplify that. It would be lack of sleep poor nutrition like that feeling like there's certain sort of scenarios where like things will amplify that feeling of overwhelm or not being able to cope definitely gosh i'm so glad you brought that up the lack of sleep thing is crucial and there's two times that this has happened for me and i find it's quite common obviously during a state of adrenal dysfunction or adrenal fatigue or um burnout your sleep will get affected because it's highly likely that the hormone system is a little out. Second time it happens is um, if you've had a baby. So just talking to, you know, females here and also males too, it's good for you guys to know where your partner's head is at, right, when you've had a baby, the lack of sleep there. So imagine getting up every two hours to a newborn and your body's just gone through trauma giving birth. So if you were to live off two hours sleep and never get a six or eight-hour block for months, it's no surprise. I, I certainly had personal depression twice, second time not as bad because I knew it was coming. But, yeah, lack of sleep was at the crux of that. No matter how much I meditate or eat well or, you know, talk to people, at the end of the day, if you're not sleeping, that is an underlying must, th- important pillar underlying everything else for everyone at every age. And then that's the danger too about being on devices and stimulating your brain too much if you can't sleep. So people need to be mindful of that. Yeah. There was another thing 
uh, you sort of mentioned before around the nutrition side of things. Um, where do you think most where do you think most people go wrong when it comes to healing, um, you know, adrenal fatigue? Or what have you seen the, the biggest mistakes that people have made so far? Yeah, um, I think this is it comes down to maybe a trying to do too much at once, but b looking outward when you need to look inward first. Mm. So. There are amazing supplements. There's amazing meditations or music or things to do. But if you don't look at what you're consuming on a daily basis and really go, am I eating foods that give me energy, not take energy from me, not not put a, not a load on my digestion when my digestion and my body's already quite lethargic, that is a big um commonality that I've seen and with myself as well as I said to that doctor that time what am I supposed to do like tell me what to do like if you tell me to do something I'll do it because I don't want to feel like this so people will put out for example money and time to external things that which are great and can complement but always look at what you're eating what your energy expenditure is each day how hard you're exercising that's a whole other thing you can't be exercising hard when you're in burnout because it's just going to keep pushing the stressful moments already at its limits so learning to balance that like what i did pull back from the gym shifted to a bit of yoga and pilates and then slowly integrated it all back together again hmm. so that's it that's the big thing people need to do and it's confronting and it's hard work <laughs> sometimes i'm out at hard work going gosh i have to change my food and look at like to the point where what does rice, white rice feel like when I eat it compared to quinoa? <laughs> I literally went that deep and went, all right, this gives me a bit of energy. How do I feel? So tuning in, that is the biggest thing you can do. But the biggest mistake I see people do is they're still looking outwards and not going, how am I literally feeling? doesn't matter what any doctor or health practitioner or trainer or anyone has to say today. How the heck am I feeling when I eat a hamburger compared to a quinoa salad mm, mm. you need to know and only you know the truth of how you feel so this i suppose this moving on to this notion of intuitive health intuitive movement and exercise intuitive eating goes a long way yeah definitely definitely really crucial um because even myself and a lot of my audience would get really uh, I guess almost like obsessive with understanding the science of foods and things like that. But really what it comes down to is like, as you said, the, the, your literal individual, your personal uh, response to those foods, like right. certain, you sort of know which foods bring your energy up versus ones that drain your energy. So I think that's a really crucial, crucial aspect to look at. Um, and then even with exercise, right? Like, so you sort of mentioned like with the yoga and the Pilates, like, were there certain types of, I mean, I'm not sure there are, you know, many poses that can actually help with that. Like, were there certain types of um, uh, ex exercises there uh, specifically? Definitely. And that's the thing. There's different styles of yoga. Mm. So in the midst of my worst burnout, doing power yoga or Bikram yoga when you're in a room for, in 40 degrees is not ideal. Yeah. So you can't just say to someone, go and do yoga to help your adrenals heal because if you're doing power or strong Bikram yoga that which shoots up the stress in the body, that would not be ideal. More restorative poses and 
gentle movements at that time would be more helpful at that time. Mm. Um, same with Pilates, you know, using equipment or using your body weight. So I really honed in on working, learning how to hold, because I, I stopped everything. So I've gone from doing weights, push-ups and stuff and heavy weight um, pump classes to not even being able to hold myself for a push-up on the knees. And that, again, a massive step back for me. So learning to use my body weight, and this is key, key for anyone who's had stress or fatigue issues, learn to work your own body weight first as the base. If you can hold yourself properly in a plank, in a push-up with your shoulders back, if you can engage your abdominals correctly without straining your neck, relearn or learn to do that again, then add the load once you're strong, once your energy is back to a good level. That's a little good exercise tip. So, yes, the styles, the intensity, the frequency all need to be modified to pull you uh, through burnout to the other side. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really, really useful tips. And even um, even with the one of them, the frequency at which, you know, people select to do these activities, that, that was that's going to matter as well, obviously. How many days a week, mixing, mixing, matching, variety, um, yeah. Yeah, things like that. It's a big thing. That's what, honestly, I help a lot of clients with these days. And, and some, you know, it used to be the days where in the gym I would help people exercise more because they weren't doing enough to get to a particular goal. Generally, that was how it was. When I started shifting and helping people more in this space because I went through it, actually pulling people back is what I've done with a few clients recently. For example, um, one amazing client, she was overtraining and that causes burnout as well, right? So this under-training and not having enough good stuff in your body and movement and health. But then there's the flip side of that of overtraining where people are doing two, three hours of sessions a day with cardio and weights and um, having no energy to do anything else for the day. So that's where I was at too at the gym and had to pull back. So finding that balance and going, right, well, let's pull you back to an hour. Let's do it. Because again, gradually that can help. That can be difficult mentally for someone who is also busy, loves movement, loves getting into life, pulling back from exercise can be hard on the other side of that. So then what I've, what I've done is kind of structure this idea of, well, it's, it's not my idea, but the FIT principles using them, F-I-T-T, frequency, intensity, type, time. That's a really good base of fitness and that's what you do to build your fitness. So in this case of burnout and, and making sure you're okay is pulling back the frequency a little bit, go from five to three days for a little bit, pull back the intensity go from doing heavy weights classes to a modified class or no weight time, go from 60 minutes to 30 minutes. 30 minutes is ideal, by the way, in this at most um, in burnout. And then the type, go from uh, pulley weight classes or circuit classes back to slower, Tai Chi, Pilates, yoga for a little bit and a little bit of walking if you're in the midst of a terrible burnout phase. Yeah, that's awesome. That's um, super helpful. That, that's going to be really helpful for my listeners to understand that. Um, yeah. So with that, with that premise there, like around, I was just thinking like those that do tend to sort of overtrain, do you think it's like a, it's a sense of um, they're just not aware that they're overtraining or they're just lacking that they're just ignorant to it. Or like, what do you think is happening there from a psychology perspective? I think the fitness industry has always, I mean, if you look at the if you look at the fitness industry from the outside, what comes to mind straight away? Sweating, working hard, 
to get a result. That's really the bottom line. And that's no one's fault. It's not the industry's fault. It's just the way fitness is. You work hard to get a result. That's what was drilled into my head for many years. Mm. Um, and then in personal training courses, you have to overload your body to get a result. So people don't really understand unless they've gone through it, the other, the flip side of that of overtraining. So it's, it's not people's fault generally. Like you just don't know. I didn't know it was overtraining. I, didn't, I thought that's what you did, teach 15 classes a week and I am a personal trainer. Like I know stuff about the body, but I still overtrained and still got myself to a place of really bad burnout. So, you know, it's just I think more, edu- well, education, but this is why I do what I do to kind of get out there and teach people about balance. I feel that there may not be around enough around in this space because you've got to consider when you're exercising or doing an exercise plan, sure, you want to result in weight loss, muscle gain, um, fitness, whatever the case may be, but you've also got to consider what you do in life. If your life is very busy, stressful, that is also extra energy and load daily plus the exercise loaded on top of that. That's what is causing people to kind of get to that limit, I feel, that I've found well, many clients as, as well as myself. It's a combination of things, but educating yourself and just knowing that if you have any red flags that pop up, like with exercise particularly, you're not recovering, you get sore all the time, it's affecting sleep, it's making you feel very, very lethargic. Like for me, sleeping three hours after teaching one-hour class, that didn't make sense in my 20s. Um, Those red flags pop up for you physiologically, just be aware of those signs for yourself and then pull back from there and go, oh, okay, maybe I just need to modify my exercise a little. And the interesting thing is it won't really affect your goal. If you do pull back for a bit and nurture yourself and restore, you'll get back to a place at some point where you can hone in on those higher level goals that require the work because you've got the energy and capacity to do it. Yeah, that's brilliant. That's definitely very practical there. And even on on, on the contrary, you can also look at it what does a good exercise regime look like? Like what does that, you know, what does that look like in, in your eyes? <laughs> that is the ultimate question because it's different <laughs> for everyone, right? Yeah. It really is. It really is. But I would say for someone to be exercising and doing movement in, in an amount that suits their lifestyle and doesn't cause stress and makes them feel good in their muscles and makes them feel good after and has helped to them with injury prevention or better movement, that's the bottom line. Mm. Not, I mean, not many people are going to go to the Olympics or be high-level athletes. If you want to push to that level, that's a whole other story. And, yes, you need to do things to, to build towards that and take more rest and recovery to not burn out. That's a whole other topic. Um, but, yeah, generally speaking, again, I go back to how does it make you feel? Does it fit into your life? Is it causing stress or giving you a positive experience for your mind and body? It's a positive experience for your mind and body. You're on a right, the right track. But if it's not, then you need to change what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Building up that self-awareness here is absolutely critical. You know, any sort of intervention, it's still really critical to have that um, understanding of where you're at. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's pretty much, you know, we've probably we've covered a lot of awesome topics, Vanessa. So do you want to let my listeners know, like, where they can connect with you um, and, and check out some of your social media channels? Yeah, sure. Um, the main website is VanessaBHealth.com. Um, and on there you can go to my social links, Vanessa B Health on Instagram. There's a lot on the YouTube channel, um, balanced workouts on there, including 
uh, Pilates, even some adrenal fatigue, particular workouts that are very nurturing and restorative. Plus, I've got some um, fantastic bands, um, uh, workouts on there as well, meditations, a whole lot of stuff there and some expert interviews. And then the Facebook page, Vanessa B Health as well. Awesome. Awesome. So um, I'll be sure to leave those links in the um, in the description below um, so people can check that out. But yeah, th- thanks so much for coming on the show, Vanessa. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I love what you're doing to help people as well. It's really, really inspiring and educational. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining in to today's episode. For in-depth show notes and lessons learned, visit nofilter.media forward slash boost your biology. This has been a No Filter Media production. Say what you want. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.